0: and your heart is gone. for all your goodness I will keep on singing, ten thousand reasons for my
1: Our gospel reading today is from the Gospel of Mark in the ninth chapter. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. And there appeared before them Elijah suddenly when they looked around they no longer saw anyone with them except jesus as they were coming down the mountain jesus gave them orders not to tell anyone what they had seen until the son of man had risen from the dead this is the word of god for the people of god, be to god. you know there's many episodes in the bible that are recorded about jesus's life where he sometimes appears as a perfectly normal man who's just focused on helping people. And there are many episodes in the Bible as a whole where wild things happen, but we could write them off to coincidence or otherwise justify them as rare but apparently miraculous actions. For instance, last week, Jesus goes to Simon Peter's house. Peter's mother-in-law's sick and in bed with a fever, and Jesus takes her hand, helps her up out of the bed, and the fever vanishes, and she serves Jesus and the disciples. Well, you know, I suppose if you're really skeptical, we could say, with all the wisdom of our 21st century knowledge, that she just needed to get going. She had to move some. She had to drink some water, and then she'd feel okay. Or maybe, like in the Old Testament, when David kills Goliath with his sling, some would point out it wasn't a kid's slingshot, but it was a rotary sling. David spun a rock over his head at high speed, and the impact of the rock traveling at 60 miles an hour, that would knock out even a big, strong man like Goliath. And so some today, some would say, well, because of that, because we can kind of explain that, we could ignore the other events events in in David's life, where God stepped in. But you know, every once in a while, every once in a while, we find a situation described where we simply have to say that something really supernatural happened. We can't say the writers misinterpreted what happened. We can't say it was just coincidence. We can't say that there was a bit of an exaggeration. No those people who would deny God's actions simply have to sit back and either accept that the event actually happened or write it off completely and claim the event was totally made up by the witnesses. Because all the usual ways of poo-pooing those eyewitnesses' account simply don't make sense. Our reading from 2 Kings 2 is one of those events. Elijah the Tishbite, He'd made a name for himself in the land of Israel as a prophet. His first appearance is when he shows up in 1 Kings 17 at the court of Ahab, the king of Israel, and says that as Yahweh, the God of Israel, lives, there will be neither dew nor rain except at my word. Elijah was saying, in other words, look, until God tells me to talk, y'all are going to get awfully thirsty. And then Elijah walked out into the wilderness, and effectively, he just disappeared. The rain stopped for months, and those months stretched into years, and things got very dry. Meanwhile, Elijah was living out near a little brook, and he was being fed by ravens. And when that brook dried up, he walked to the far north to a village near Sidon in Lebanon, and there he miraculously provides a widow and her son with food, And when the boy becomes ill and stops breathing, Elijah prays and brings him back to life. Well, after three years, God sent Elijah back to Ahab. It was time for the rain to restart. When he met Ahab, he challenged the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah to a public duel on Mount Carmel. That's Mount Carmel on the screen in front of tens of thousands of people. It wasn't going to be a private thing. Elijah wanted to defeat these folks in a very public situation. And the people would come. After all, it was time for WVU versus Pitt. These foreign prophets were supported by Jezebel, Ahab's wife, who was from Lebanon, and she had brought the worship of Baal and of Asherah into Israel, complete with infant sacrifice and fertility rites. Well, Ahab agreed to the big bowl game, and they all met on Mount Carmel for the contest, and tens of thousands of people came to see which god or gods were real. It was going to be the fight of the ages. Elijah challenged the foreign prophets to prove that their gods were real by asking them to pray to their gods to light the fire on an altar on top of the mountain. When they could not succeed after hours of praying, Elijah built an altar. He soaked it in hundreds of gallons of water and prayed to God, to Yahweh, the God of Israel, to light the fire. And the fire came down from heaven, lit the fire on the water-soaked altar, even burning up the sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the soil and boiling off all the water. Elijah commanded the people to chase and kill the false prophets of Baal and Ashtoreth because according to the law, the law that Moses had brought down from Mount Sinai, anyone who spoke on behalf of another god should be put to death. And then that evening, the rain began to pour on Israel. When Jezebel, Queen Jezebel, found out, she put out an all-points bulletin for Elijah So he ran from Mount Horeb in Sinai, where he received new instructions from God. And a little later, he returned and called Elisha to be his apprentice. Well, several years later, after the death of Ahab, Ahab's son was now the new king and tried to capture the old man, Elijah, by three times sending companies of 50 soldiers with a captain. And in the first two cases, when the first two companies showed up, each time Elijah said, if, you're a ma- if I'm a man of God, may fire come down from heaven and consume you and your 50 men. And in each case, the fire did come down from heaven and destroyed the captain and his men. The third captain was wiser, and he begged for Elijah to respect his life and the lives of his men. So listening to God... Elijah went with the man to Ahab's son, the king, and declared that the king would die because he had consulted Baal. And the king died. Now by this time, Elijah had quite a reputation in Israel. He was walking along with his apprentice Elisha from the village of Gilgal. Elijah said, God has sent me to Bethel. I want you to wait here. But Elisha said, no, I'm not going to leave you. So they went to Bethel. And in Bethel there was apparently a school for the prophets of Yahweh, the God of Israel. They asked Elisha if he knew that God was going to take the old man from Elisha that day. Elisha said, yeah, I know. You guys be quiet. They traveled down in the valley. To Jericho, and another group of prophets came out with much the same exchange. Elijah and Elisha then traveled on to the Jordan River. At each step, the old man Elijah asked the younger man Elisha to stay. But at each step, Elisha insisted on going with the older man. Fifty prophets came out from Jericho and followed along to the Jordan River. And now things get a little bit freaky and supernatural. When they got to the Jordan River, Elijah took his cloak, some older translations say his mantle. He rolled it up, and he struck the water with it. And the river divided. And the two men walked across on dry ground, similar to the way the army of Israel had crossed into the Promised Land hundreds of years before on dry ground. Elijah, knowing that he was about to leave the planet, turned to Elisha, his apprentice, and said, What can I do for you before I'm taken from you? And the younger man said, Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit. The old man thought for a minute, and then he said, You've asked a very difficult thing, but if you see me when I'm taken away, it will be yours. Otherwise, it will not. And they kept on walking. And suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Not in the chariot, but in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this, cried out, and tore his garment in two. And then he noticed the cloak had fallen down. So he went over and he picked up Elijah's cloak, his mantle. He walked back to the Jordan River, rolled it up, and struck the water, asking, Where now is Yahweh, the God of Elijah? And the water divided as before, and Elisha crossed back into the promised land. The company of prophets from Jericho who were watching said, The spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha. They asked Elisha for permission to search for the old man's body, which he reluctantly gave them. But after three days, they gave up the search. They never did find his body. What an episode. Elijah was gone to heaven, but Elisha, over the next few years, did as much or even more than Elijah had. And Elijah, the Tishbite's memory, it gradually faded from the people of Israel, except for those who studied the scriptures. Well, many years later, Jesus and his disciples were traveling in the far north near the base of Mount Hermon on what's today the Golan Heights near the Lebanese-Syrian border. Mount Hermon is the white-capped mountain in the back. That morning, he took Peter and James and John with him on a climb up the mountain. They walked past all sorts of small little shrines and, and little shelters that had been put up there over the thousands of years by people. Since it was a high place, that's where people tended to put their little shrines. And there were many on Mount Hermon because it was the largest mountain in the area. On top of the mountain, Peter and his two brothers, they witnessed one of those rare events in the Bible, one of those events that cannot be explained as exaggeration or misinterpretation or other ordinary means. Jesus changed. His clothes became glowing white. And then with him appeared Moses and Elijah, who talked with him. Luke 9 adds in that they were talking about his departure from earth, which was to come later in the spring. And Peter refers back to this whole episode in chapter 1 of his second letter. He never forgot, because that day, Peter in particular, he was just totally shocked by the situation. He started babbling about building three shelters or shrines like he'd seen on the mountain, one for Jesus and others for Moses and Elijah. But then a cloud appeared, and that was what really freaked out Peter. The cloud appeared and covered them, and a voice, the voice, came from the cloud and said, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. So Peter shut up and listened. And Elijah and Moses were gone. And as they came down the mountain, Jesus told them not to say anything until he had risen from the dead, which confused the men anymore. What did it mean to rise from the dead? A few months later, they would know. Elisha, the 50 prophets from Jericho, Peter, James, and John, they all saw things that today we only see in movies with big special effects budgets but these encounters were far before the idea of special effects. These men saw and experienced these events in real life, in real time. These men had the opportunity to see past the ordinary into the true reality. They had a glimpse beyond the day-to-day ordinary views of our world into the reality that lies beyond and above what we think of as our ordinary world. For there was a reason that Elijah could start and stop the rain and a reason he could raise a boy from the death, from dead. There was a reason why fire fell from heaven and lit a water-soaked altar and a reason why 102 men were burnt to a crisp by fire from heaven at Elijah's command. For those who could see him, you see, Elijah was more than an ordinary real person. Elijah was in close contact with God, with God who made the universe, God who creates reality. Elijah knew God. Elijah did not merely know of God. Elijah knew God and did what God asked of him all the time. There's a reason that Elisha, the younger man, followed Elijah from Gilgal to Bethel to Jericho and across the Jordan. The younger man had seen a reflected glimpse of God because of his years of following the older man. Elisha wanted to see what God was going to do with Elijah. He wanted to be with Elijah and experience God in person. You can even imagine, during his return from over the Jordan, the prophets at Bethel and Jericho asking the younger man, Have you seen him? And while they might have been asking about Elijah, what they really were asking was, Have you seen God? Have you seen the creator of the universe in action? Have you seen the one who put the stars in their galactic orbits? Have you seen the one who controls the lightning? How good is the vision of the eyes of your heart? Have you seen the one who creates both life and death? Have you seen God? Or have you merely heard of God? That day on the top of the mountain, Peter, James, and John were deeply shocked because for the first time they saw who Jesus truly was. First that day, they saw Jesus in the company of their heroes of the faith, Moses and Elijah, the greatest of the prophets. And then God confirmed in no uncertain terms that Jesus was not just a prophet, but was God's Son. And just to make sure they got the message, God said, listen to him. Have you heard about Jesus? Or have you encountered Jesus I've met many people who have heard the stories of Jesus. Almost every American has heard a bit about Jesus, and most people who have attended churches have heard multiple stories of Jesus. Every week we hear stories of Jesus, telling us what a great man he was, telling us his ideas, his teachings, telling us about his life. Peter, James, and John had walked with Jesus for months. They'd heard his teachings. They'd seen him heal people. They'd seen him chase demons out of people. And they'd seen his power. But that day on the top of the mountain, they were faced with the shocking, indisputable evidence that Jesus was not just a man. He was indeed the Son of God, very different, but loved by God, and he was unlike every other man. They had come face to face with God in the form of their teacher, their friend, the man they had eaten lunch with and slept beside and walked beside for years. So I have to ask you this. Have you seen him as he is? Or do you still see him as another man, an ordinary man, or maybe a sort of a legend? One day... And this may have already happened to you you will pray and something will happen when you realize that god and jesus know exactly who you are and where you are one day they will step into your life in a way that shocks you from the top of your hair down to the bottom of your feet in fact you know you can pray for a heart that will see jesus one of the days when i saw jesus in my life was the day that Sondra and I needed $748.51 or an IRS payment was going to bounce, and you know that's not good. We prayed, and at 4 p.m. the postman ran. There were two envelopes. In those two envelopes were two checks that totaled exactly $748.51, and we got that to the bank before the bank closed at 4.30. And another month with our business, I announced to Sandra that we needed $6,000 to pay all of our bills that month, and I had no idea where the money was going to come from. And the next day, we received a credit card statement and that our credit line had been increased by $6,000, which we used to pay the bills those month, that month, and we eventually paid all of that back. A third time, I was looking for a job. I interviewed on Tuesday with an automation company, and after that, when I got home, I found that Parkersburg Catholic was looking for a math teacher, and so I got an interview arranged for Thursday. The principal asked if I would be comfortable praying with the children. Of course, I would. I got a telephone interview from Symington Windows for a financial analyst job that Friday for twice the money. On Monday, Catholic called me and told me I had the job if I wanted it, and I accepted. On Monday afternoon, things got freaky. Williamstown High called me f- to interview for a job at a higher salary. They, it seems like they had a new principal, and he was just now getting around to calling in interviews. Well, I declined. And later that afternoon, Symington called me back to see if I'd come in for an implant interview. And I declined, and even later that afternoon, I told you it gets freaky, WVU Parkersburg called to offer me teaching two evening classes which made up the difference in money between Catholic and Williamstown. And I accepted that and had several years there of just running like crazy. Later that fall, the automation company laid off several of their workers. At Christmas time, Symington laid off many workers. In May and June, many people left Williamstown High because of the new principle. I worked at Catholic for five years while I earned my Master's of Divinity and started preaching. God takes care of those who choose to seek His kingdom. Seek His kingdom and His righteousness, and all other things will be added unto you. Some of you have seen Jesus in the hospital. Others have seen Him during a car wreck. Still others saw Him on the battlefield and others sitting beside them on a terrible night when they were alone. He was present in the phone call of a friend or a stranger. He was present in the tip that was left for you in a restaurant, and he was there with that wonderful Sunday school teacher that you remember. I remember him one rainy night. I heard him. I was driving on I-85 from Charlotte to Atlanta. It was a rainy night, definitely, yes. When I was praying, what should I do? And then a truck pulled in front of me that said on the back, attend the church of your choice. Have I seen him? Yes. Not by my natural eyes. But I've seen them with the eyes of the Holy Spirit, looking through my heart. It's in those wild things that you just... You know, you know they just don't happen normally, that we can see God at work. It's there that we can know that Jesus isn't ordinary, that Jesus is more than ordinary, he's extraordinary, and that Jesus is more than our normal reality. Have you seen him? Like Elisha, ask God for the spirit of those who have shown God to you, and God will bless you as you carry forward with his mantle, to the next generation, and teach others about him. Swing up,
0: sweet
2: chariot, come and forth to carry me home. Swing up, sweet chariot, come and forth to carry me home. I looked over Jordan, and what did I see? Coming for to carry me home a band of angels come after me Coming for to carry me home swing swing sweet, sweet cherry coming
0: for to carry me Or you can text the word "give" to 13042441903, or visit our website Methodist.org, and click on the "Give" tab. This will bring up a form where you can determine how much you would like to give. Thank you, and God bless you in your life.